What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky-ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, I already know how it's going, but I'll ask you anyway for the sake of our intro. How's it going, sir? I still think that that intro is a little too peppy for our actual mood. Oh, you want me to actually uh, try it again? Yes, redo it. What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Walter. For a time, as always, is Adam Kalal. And we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta sports natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Oh, Adam, how's it going, sir? That was a lot better. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, day after show, basically. Yeah. For those that may be listening to this 10 years in the future, um, today is January 16th, 2018, uh, three days after the devastating loss to the Philadelphia Eagles and the NFC Divisional game. Better than losing the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only positive I got. Uh, today's going to be kind of a bitch fest show, uh, for lack of a more PC liberal term. Ooh, what what would have been worse? So, what we did losing to a, game. Go I mean, a good defensive yes Philly team, excellent defensive, but team. with Nick Foles at the helm, yeah, in a very winnable game, or looking great last week, destroying Philly, beating Minnesota handily, and then getting back to the Super Bowl only to lose in the Super Bowl again. I guess I'd rather lose now than lose in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that would have been a... We really couldn't have handled that. Yeah, I think if that happened, I would have to take a whole week off of work. and um, <laughs> Probably find a good contractor for the wall you kicked out. Yeah, uh, multiple. Yeah, I would rather take, I'd rather take that, I think. Um, I, I saw one of the, one of the greater... Uh, what happened to us, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for, for as often as we kind of bitch about the social media sometimes mm-hmm. gives you some good content every now and then i saw a great one that uh jeff schultz retweeted from someone that said when i die i want two braves two hawks and two falcons to be my pallbearers so they can let me down one more time that's pretty appropriate that's, yeah. <laughs> that's quality right yeah <laughs> yeah so that's that's the mood yeah, it's pretty somber today. Um, there's probably not going to be a lot of hijinks. Probably going to be uh, like we're morticians after a guy's been shot 57 times and we're just wondering how it all happened. Or is it our job to bring some hijinks? It may be. We'll see how the show organically develops. Okay. Um, so for those of you that have been living under a rock, uh, we lost 15-10 to 10 to the Eagles. Um <clears throat> In a very winnable game, as Adam mentioned, Nick Foles was a starting quarterback. We thought we could conjure up enough offense against a very good defensive team to uh, win the game, score maybe 20 points. Hell, if we had scored 18 points, we would have won. But um, I if think we had scored 16 points, we would have won. won. Yeah, I mean, to only score 10 points, even though you're going up against a really tough team on the road. And we didn't score in the second half. And this is like a systemic problem that has just plagued the Falcons for years in terms of not being able to score in the second half in playoff games sometimes. It just can't seem to fucking happen. Yeah, I expected some sort of uh, halftime adjustments. Yeah, because we don't uh, look... A new game plan in the second half, maybe? That just never happened. Well, the thing that uh, befuddles me is that we... Uh, Tevin Coleman had a hell of a game. 
10 rushes for 79 yards. Why in God's name do we not feed him more? Every time we ran him to the outside, it seemed like he was picking up 8, 9, 10 yeah. yards, maybe more, uh, including that last drive. Uh, we'll get to that later, but it's but it, it, it it's I can't even form a coherent thought at this point as to wanting to know the rationale behind why he wasn't used more in this football game. Who the hell knows, man? Um, part of the another big issue was you saw Devontae got shut down. Well, apparently, well, he the, was hurt a little bit. Yeah, apparently he's playing with a strain PCL and MCL. But my question with <clears throat> the Devontae runs. I know he can't run outside every time, but why not try to run him outside too? It seemed like every time he got the ball, he was running to the teeth of the defense. Well, and it was right at Fletcher Cox, which is fucking moronic. Yeah, and the offensive line was just getting manhandled. Yeah, and it kind of there were who was out? Levitre was out. Levitre. So Schweitzer and Garland have been playing for a little bit now. But our number one concern coming into this year was the offensive line and not improving that more. Yeah, and kind of wasting an opportunity where you have a Super Bowl caliber defense. And potentially a great offense, but the offensive line never fully put it together this year, and that really showed this in this game. Yeah, I agree. Where they were putting out, uh, they started the game with an extra offensive lineman to just try to contain them, and mm-hmm. they still couldn't. Yep. I mean, so that, that certainly does for all the shit Sark has gotten, and I'm not going to, you know, defend him too much. But having a bad offensive line, or having players that are not to snuff in terms of. You know, being on the offensive line can really hurt you. We've seen that at center with Mike Person and all those people that were playing center from 20 after Todd McClure retired. Mm-hmm. They were all terrible. Joe Hawley, um, you know, that was awful. We, we were just praying to God that someone could snap the ball to Matt Ryan without throwing it on the ground like it was some child's play thing. Basics. Yeah. Yeah. And I um, forgot about all that nonsense. Right. And so. I really hope that the class this year in the draft is is good on the offensive <clears throat> line side because we know this year, or last year, apparently it wasn't. And I'm wondering if that was the reason why we didn't really draft using our high draft picks for uh, offensive linemen, especially in the guard position. Um, but I really hope it is now because we sorely need help there, and we can't just draft someone in the sixth round and expect them to turn into an all-pro like we did with Schweitzer. I guess, you know, maybe that's being unfair, but I think Thomas has always been lacking in terms of using, you know, really fortifying the offensive line throughout his career, and I think he did that early on when it was a very run-based offense in the Mike Malarkey era when we had Michael Turner, but I felt like after that he really got away from fortifying the offensive line. The only reason we got Alex Mack is because we were compensating for that which a lot of free agent signings are. It's like you suck so much one position, we've got to throw a shit ton of money and yeah. overpay for somebody. I mean, it's worked out, and I love Alex Mack, Big but time. that's the reason why we did that is because we couldn't do it In internally. Yeah. Um, a lot of different directions we can go with this. Do yeah. we want to analyze this game at all? I, I really don't. I don't want to get too much into that. I'm just, it's just questions, right? Why not use um, Tevin Coleman more? He was killing them. And there is no answer. Yeah, they just weren't um, didn't show that balance that they had against the Rams. Yeah, I think another big missed opportunity was at the end of the uh, first half. It was a microcosm of um, where season's gone all year. Was we get uh, Nick Foles throws up a ball and it's right to Keanu Neal and it bounces off of him into Torrey Smith's hands and that sets him <sighs> up for a field goal to yeah. to um, that hurt. You know, get within uh, one point. It was uh, it's like ten to six. Four yarder or something like yeah. that. Yeah, something and deep. 
And if that doesn't happen and we pick the ball off, maybe we get a field goal, or at the very least, when we're driving down at the end of the game, we have a chance to kick a field goal to win it. Yeah, you could sense a little bit of momentum change with that field goal there at the end of the half. Yeah, that, that hurt. That one hurt us big time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had a, was talking to someone today at work who posed an inter- interesting question with all the Sark shit mm-hmm. and blaming of Sark. The question is, why isn't Matt Ryan calling more of these plays? Or, like, if he gets into a shitty set, like that play call at the end of the game, why yeah. isn't he getting aggressive and taking over and calling an audible? Or- well, I, you know, you see him a lot of times, I've noticed, especially in the playoffs, that he is changing plays at the line sometimes. You know, he's walking up to people and yelling at them, and, you know, I assume that's doing a hot route or doing an audible to some different play. Um, but, and so who knows how much he's actually doing or not doing. Yeah. Um, but that was supposed to be the whole thing with Sark coming in was that it's Matt Ryan's offense. Yeah. And Sark is more of a play caller than OC, which is maybe a bad thing. I don't know, man. I don't know either. I, I think, um, the offenses are Achilles heel right now, which is so strange considering where we were this time a year ago. And I really think um, I have no confidence in Sarkeesian. Even if you get me some better offensive linemen, I think he has demonstrated he does not know how to call plays in the red zone. But we said the same shit about Shanahan after year one. I mean, yeah, I guess you can't give up on him. You give and him another year. That's why Sark's going to get another year because yeah. we, we can't have for anyone who wants Sarkeesian to leave or for us to cut Matt Ryan um, on the latter part. You're a moron. On the first part, it's not happening because Dan Quinn has come out and said cut no, Matt I'm, Ryan. I'm 100 yeah. percent uh, behind uh, Coach Sarkeesian. So for anyone, yeah, you wanting don't want that, him having another first year OC. The only guy I would take back. Is who you mentioned earlier. Mike Malarkey. Mr. Mike Malarkey, who I believe was his first offensive coordinator. Yeah, he runs, he runs a kind of a slower offense than what we're, we've been running the last few years. But, yeah. There's familiarity. some familiarity. Yeah, and it's run heavy, and we have a good rushing attack. So I wouldn't be totally against it. That's not happening, though. So. But, uh, yeah, it probably isn't. Because I know Quinn doesn't want to do that. And Dan Quinn, I think, has built up enough clout and enough respect for his you know, voice ultimately to be the, you know, especially in the coaching staff, he is the leading voice there. Um, I just can't handle just dumb play calling anymore. Be it Matt Ryan, be it Steve Sarkeesian. Um, you got to get Tevin Coleman the fucking football. You know, every, and Julio, Julio had a good game. He had 10 catches for 101 yards, but I want Tevin Coleman. And that, when he got the ball on that play that got us like the 10-yard line, I was like, Give him the fucking ball again. I don't... Even when we got to the two-yard line on fourth down, I was like, just give it to him on the outside. He's going to fucking get in there because he's been doing that all game. I don't understand understand why we're forcing the ball to Julio in the red zone in the the most clutch situations when it... Like, the stats don't lie. He's not our red zone option. So why the hell are we trying to cram it into his cram hole at the end of the game when the defense knows exactly what we're trying to do there. Yeah. It's and it hasn't proven it to be successful at all. Very true. Um, I understand the whole concept with give your best player the ball, but that doesn't work for us in the red zone. It's yeah. showed over the past few years. And I wonder if it's a thing with um, – I've been wondering this for a while. You know, Julio's banged up a lot. He hasn't practiced all the time. 
I don't think he and Matt go out there and really practice red zone throws. It seems like every time Matt, like especially in that first play where it was that fade to Julio, um, I was like, it just looked uncomfortable. Everybody looked like they didn't know what they were doing. Matt threw it kind of off his back foot. Julio, I don't know. It just didn't look right. Like those passes by Matt are never accurate. The last one was pretty close on the fourth down play, but yeah. most of the, like, it seems like 90% of the time those throws are either over Julio's head or they're underthrown or they're in a position where he can't make a play. So it's like, I don't think they practice it because I'm it's sure terrible. They, I'm sure they practice it. Well, if it does, then they do a shitty job of it because <laughs> it never comes across as, it never, it's never executed yeah. in the game. And you watch guys like, you know, Roethlisberger and Big Ben. I mean, Roethlisberger is Big Ben. Roethlisberger and uh, Antonio Brown. You know, I was watching. <laughs> oh that my god! Game yeah, those, the, some of those catches they made were absurd. Yeah, I was watching that game. You know, against um, the Jaguars, and it's like, oh, you found Antonio Brown for another touchdown on a fade, and it's like, well, like why that, the fuck that, can't that we do th- that? That throw to Martavis Bryant in the end zone it yeah. was also like a fourth and ten. I was like, our receivers are never making that catch. No, they're never getting that open, and they're never making that catch. It yeah. seems like every time we catch the ball, guys are all over us, and we don't get a lot of yak. Uh, yards after catch and something's got to change for this offense because they are wholly incompetent right now would you ever consider trading julio jones for like four first round picks no no julio's a once in a generation talent and you don't get rid of a guy like that to me even though the thought just crossed my mind for the first time ever i was like well you never know i'd want five five first round picks. I want five first round picks and fourth rounder <laughs> just 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 throw it in yeah you have to make some absurd deal like that for me to be on board with that our offensive you know our receiver depth is poor at best right now if you think about it so new is solid but after that you got nothing gabriel is yeah, res- gabriel, gabriel is, is looking like a one and done yeah he has regressed tremendously and i don't know if that's a product of sark's offense or not but this offense matt and sarkeesian need to go to honolulu or somewhere Couples retreat. Couples retreat and just hash it out, figure out something, watch game film, as if they don't do that. I'm, like, telling them what to do. But you know what I mean? Like, they need to go and do something seriously over the offseason to recalibrate this offense. Like, go down to Hampton and Hudson and get a couple beers together? Yeah. Get drunk. Call each other out. Say, you're full of shit. No, you're full of shit. You can't throw an accurate pass. No, my receivers are dropping the ball. The receivers are another problem, right? Dropping passes all season. I mean, the whole offensive line is bad. Quarterback play was inconsistent. Receiver play was really inconsistent. And the play calling sucked at times. And the, and the running game could never fully get going because of the offensive line. And it seemed like Sarkeesian, once again, when we have our two backs, he cannot go with the hot hand. He has to give them equal touches. And this happened again where both of them had 10 touches. Devontae had 10 touches for seven yards uh, rushing and Coleman had 10 rushes for 79. He is a fucking idiot because he cannot understand who has the hot hand. Give that man the ball. Makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, it's basic. Um, hmm. He's officially coming back as of this afternoon. Right? Yeah. So I hope he figures it out and I can take back the fucking idiot remark, but so I, I just don't. I, it's, it's maddening. It's maddening. We have to hold ourselves as a sports town to a higher standard. That kind of play is not acceptable. It is bullshit. We are better than that. The uh, two teams that are playing right now for the NFC title game are not better than we are. They may. Minnesota might be. They may be. They are the better teams this year, but they aren't as talented as we are. We should be. We should be better than how we're playing, especially on offense. Well, there's the Atlanta factor, Graham. 
I guess. I don't know. There's just like some weird pressure over the city now, especially after that Super Bowl. That's I mean, I, I can't go back to that Super Bowl, but that was your chance to do it, man. That really was. Like, especially getting... Because now you got to think, we got this young defense, but yeah, a lot of them are going to have to get paid soon, so that's going to break up after another year or two. Hopefully you can keep that, drafting That well. defensive core is going to be together for another three years, maybe minus Poe. So really, our window is starting to close starting next year, and we really got to make hay. And it also brings up a lot of questions about what to do with... Um, what's his name? Tevin Coleman. Right, because you signed free to that huge deal. Yeah. Um, so what do you do with Coleman? You try and trade him in the offseason because he's uh, this is his last year. Do you let him write out his contract and just go somewhere else? Yeah, I think you take another run at it with both. I, of them. I would too because I think since I, old Brian Hill didn't work out. Yeah, I think if you get, um, it's all excited about that guy. I think you definitely draft a back in this year's draft in like the fourth round or something. But I, um, what do you think about the shovel pass to Teron Ward? That's another thing. Man. What the <laughs> fuck is that guy even doing on the field in that situation? Third and goal, and you bring on your third? Like, if that was the actual play, that is bullshit. That better have been a broken play. And that the fact the that he's man. on the field is moronic. It is idiotic. it's supposed to be some trickery. It is stupid, the fact that he was even on the fucking field to begin with. It's not like Tevin Coleman is gasping for air. Trickery. It's bullshit. It is bullshit. Um, anyway, so look at bigger picture here now. Yeah. Um... Well, hey, let's mention some good news. That Saints game was amazing. Oh, yeah. The Saints losing instantly made me feel a little bit better. They're up by a point with 10 seconds left. Like, that's... With, like, with the Vikings have the ball in their own 30 or something. That is hard. At least, like, our loss was just, like, a slow bleed, and you could feel it coming. Yeah. But to lose like that and just get the victory snatched from your hands like that... That's beautiful. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. Good, good for Minnesota. Yeah. I, like, I, I kind of hope... That's, that's a fan base that deserves... They do. ...something. And, uh... Unlike I, those dirty, dirty Saints fans. Yeah, those bastards. I love the city of New Orleans, but goddammit, I hate the Saints. And I, did you see, uh, what's his name, uh... Sean Payton doing the skull chant. I heard he did to, that. To, uh, Dude, he... He's a classless He, he legitimately does do some, like, those challenges he had oh, that were, like, terrible. so clearly... He lost two timeouts in a matter of, like, two minutes. Yeah, like... It was great. It was, I think you had mentioned something about how terrible his in-game uh, performance is, and that proved to be true. Yeah, and uh, so that was beautiful. I remember Diggs caught that ball. I was like, oh, great. They can get a field goal. Go out of bounds, you fool. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are yeah. you still running? And then I was like, oh, my God. The Saints have such shitty defense. Yeah. They have no safety back there. Good for Case Keenum. I I, I like I kind of like that guy ever since uh, Hard Knocks last year mm. with the Rams mm-hmm. and Jeff Fisher. Seemed like a good guy. Yeah. Undrafted. Yeah. It's been a hell of a story for Minnesota this year. Yeah. Too bad we're not a Minnesota sports podcast right now. So, <laughs> yeah. To t- so it's... Three teams that I don't think have ever won a Super Bowl plus the Patriots. What are yep. the odds the Patriots win it again? It's pretty high. Probably. <laughs> I think the Patriots roll on the Jaguars, and I think the Vikings get it done. I think the Vikings go on the road and get it done, and then they host the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl at home. That would be yeah. just so horrible. Yeah. But that's what I think is going to happen. I was talking with Jared, who's our friend who's a Patriots fan, um, and – should we say a friend despite being a Patriots fan? Yes. Is that the best way to put no, it? That's probably the best way to put it. Um, but I told him, I, I said, spin zone, you should envy me and you as Falcons fans. Because, and he's admitted this, he's to the point now where like... Championships don't matter. 
Yeah, well, he was talking about how, like, regular season games definitely don't matter. And he's, like, tired of Pats fans that, like, like he's watched us, like, we win a, a week five game against the Jets that we almost lost and we're yeah. just so stoked You're to like, win yeah! a regular season game. <laughs> and, like, we're on top of the world. And Patriots fans haven't had that feeling in ten years. So if they win the Super Bowl this year, it's it's not meh, but it's not like people are getting on their knees and crying. Right, they're not going to go... You know, run through the streets naked or anything. Yeah, couches aren't getting lit on fire. The right. city's not shutting down. It's yeah. just business as usual. A horse isn't getting punched in the face. That's what happened after the Eagles won the game. Some punched somebody punched the police horse in the face. That's messed up. It shit. is horrible. What the hell? Yeah, that's just another thing that wouldn't happen. In, yeah, in, no, in New no. So they're they don't care anymore. It's right. just like another day in the office. There's a versus uh, us. If we if we ever get one. We're going to lose our damn minds. Oh, yeah. People are going to... Someone might die from just shock. Yeah. Like, literally. I think you will die from shock. I probably would. <laughs> yeah. Which would be fine. So we got that going like, for like us. I've told... Uh, we got that. I've told my friend Joseph before at, at work. Uh, he's also a huge Falcons fan. We should have him on the show sometimes. Um, but he... You know, I, I said, you know, if we ever win the Super Bowl, someone could just, like, 10 minutes after, walk up to me and shoot me in the face, and I'd be fine with it. I'd just be like, great, I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Like, you can take me out. I've, I've seen what I needed to see. He lived a long, meaningful life. The Falcons won the Super Bowl, and he died. Right. What would be even worse would be if I had blacked out, drunk, and not remembered it, and then gotten shot in the face. Uh, eh. At least it happened. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, so it's been a pretty shit week for Atlanta sports. Yeah. Uh, for those Bulldogs fan, yeah, at least they they got the double. As you know, there's plenty of diehard Bulldog and Falcons. Oh fans yeah, overlap dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, the Hawks beat the Spurs on Monday though. They Woo! Yeah, I want to lose every game to get make sure we stay in that lottery. Oh sure, but but it's still it, it nice to beat uh, the Spurs. I would. Um, some some key off seasons and uh, decisions to be made for the Falcons. You got Claiborne. You bring back Claiborne. I'm not paying him a buttload of money. I'll pay him two million dollars. Yeah, that, that works for a one year deal. That's six game sack he'll use as leverage, but that's an aberration. It's an anomaly. <laughs> I picture you like sitting in like Thomas's Thomas Dimitrov's desk. Mm-hmm. Claiborne walks in. You kind of shrug your shoulders a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you $2 million for one year. Okay. <laughs> if he wants to, he's a good depth piece, but I don't, I don't want to overpay no, you, for him. Yeah, don't, don't overpay. Uh, Don Terry Poe. He really showed up at the I'd, end of the I'd season. Like, I'd like to have him back. I'd like to keep him, too. Um, he's probably going to demand too much money, though. I guess he realized about halfway through the season it's a contract year. Uh, Matt Bryant. Give him, like, a five-year contract. Yeah. Make him kick till he's 50. Yeah. I give him whatever he fucking wants, man, that guy. And he also said his, uh, per his wife, uh, has said that he does not want to retire, wants to play two or three more years, and he wants to do it with the Falcons. So let's make that happen. Yep. That's a neat. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, that is an absolute no-brainer. Until he starts fucking up, you know, there's no reason to even contemplate bringing yep. in someone there's, else. There's not exactly any signs of him slowing down. No, not at all. He's still just doing his thing. Yeah. Um, can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Tevin Coleman. What are you doing? Wait till next year. Yeah. See where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. The other positive. All right. So I don't think this is a team on the decline yet. No. We're the only NFC team that made the playoffs. Back to back -back years. Back to back years. We won back to back playoff games. 
Um, we're not a we're we're an offensive fix, you know, a cohesive offense away from challenging for a championship. The fact that we got to where we got to with a mostly incompetent offense that couldn't score only scored over twenty points like twice in the last six weeks is pretty yeah. incredible. Like if you think about the struggle that the Falcons went through all year and how poorly they played, I can never put you know together a complete game. The fact that they won as many games as they did and won a playoff game against the best offense in the league is incredible and shows and tells you that if they can yeah. somehow get their shit together don't, over don't the offseason. Don't sleep season, on that yeah, when we have. That the window is still open. Uh, we got to update the uh, update, upgrade the tight end position. Yeah. We need more of a playmaker. Hooper, Ho- Hooper ain't nothing. I mean, I, I don't think Toilolo can't block that well. We, we need to go get a tight end for sure. A, a real tight, tight end. end. A real tight yeah. end. And I think we got to up, upgrade the three wide receiver as well. Yeah. No, you can still keep Gabriel, but we need another Get a veteran receiver. in there that just yeah. knows going to catch that I'd love to ball. get an Alshon Jeffrey. It's probably not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but I'd yeah. like to. Uh, yeah, hopefully there's someone out there we can get there. Um, and we got to upgrade the offensive line. I think that's the most important thing to look at in the offseason. I agree with you there, Grambo. Are you going to address any of the uh, haters from the text thread? Yeah, I think I will. Um, <laughs> I'll let you run with this one. Yeah, so there was a lot of, um, especially user Hugo. In fairness, we apologize to everyone. We got a little ahead of ourselves by even talking about the NFC Championship. We're just hypothesizing, though. We should have known better than that. Yeah, but they have, uh, or Hugo especially, has specifically blamed us for the Falcons' loss. That, like We had anything to do with it because he's a superstitious individual. Yes. Um and the fact that he thinks that, being as uh, as smart as he is, is sad. And I'm sure there's some, Min- wait, not Minnesota, Philadelphia podcast, two losers sitting on their couch. They yeah, did the exact same, same thing. thing. It has no effect on anything. Anything we say, if anyone actually believes that, use your fucking brain. And I'll, and I'll actually use this as an example right now. I, during the New Orleans Saints game, uh, the home game that we had on Thursday night, I missed the game and recorded it, or my mom recorded it. I went to her place afterwards because I had to do something at night. I went to her place afterwards and we watched the whole thing from like 12 o'clock, like 11.30 p.m. to whatever, 2 yeah. in the morning. And uh, the game was already decided at that point by the time we started watching it. You know, it was after the Deion Jones interception. And I said, oh, there's no, my mom's like, there's no way they can come back. And I said, yeah, um, you know, as long as Devontae doesn't fumble here, we should be fine. The next play, he fumbles. Mm. The game already happened, so how could I have influenced anything? <laughs> I think he does it just to get on, especially I, under your skin. I hope he does it to get under my skin, because then everyone else started joining. They're like, it's 40% Graham's fault. It's, it's, it's worked. It has worked. I've been vulgar and very upset with a lot of people. Yes. And... Um, I just really sincerely hope, for his sake that he doesn't actually think that we have any control over anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we, we did look ahead. We did look ahead, but that... But I don't think the Falcons looked ahead. Yeah, and we don't have anything to do with the Falcons other than I, we I talk t- about I them. I can tell you based off the number of people that listen to this podcast, the entire 53-man team <laughs> roster is not listening to it. No! There's, there's just no way we have anything to do with... The fact that we're talking about it is silly. Like, it's total hogwash. Hogwash is young gay peacock. So, th- so this is like addressing, like, the Twitter trolls? 
Yeah. That just like wanted to get a response out of yeah. people. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we should take the high road. Yeah. So we will not be discussing this ever again. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And um, anything else going on in the world of Atlanta sports? <sighs> yeah, I guess we'll take a couple of weeks off of. Any Falcons talk. Yeah, there's not much to really go over. Wait until off-season starts, so see that what? segment's over. Braves baseball starting up. you got to get excited. Pitchers and catchers reporting in less than a month gotta now. got to get excited for another under 500 season at uh, SunTrust Park. Probably, but hey, nonetheless, something about spring training. I always get excited. Yeah, I mean, but, it's fun. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's Spring is a time of... You know, rebirth, renewal, uh, hope, and it's been it, such a quiet off season. Like, it really has been. Nothing's happened. And I was actually reading something with Alex Anthopoulos, um, and he was still sort of touting the same uh, mantra in the sense that, like, I'm not ready to make any big decisions. But one like, of the, one of the reasons they took all that Dodgers money in that trade was to almost like it seems like to constrict their ability to make a lot of huge deals or anything like that so that the money would be gone in 2019 so then it's like okay yeah, it's time yeah. to go apeshit no, they're going to spend a shit ton of yeah. money that year um, and yeah. good uh, he also said that Acuna's entirely off limits uh, in this interview I can't remember who it was with and that he um, thinks that Acuna will start in the minors in the offseason which I thought was surprising um, he wants to get him some more seasoning which I think is silly I think they're just going to give him that one month I hope it's, it's just come month. up in May. Yeah, that's that's fine. I expect him to come to spring train and hit 350. I'm sure now that I've said that, I'll hit 204 with two home runs. Yeah, because I'm a I control the fate of yeah. the universe. I mean, he could play their hand, and if he just kills it in spring training, then right. got to. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm excited to see a full year of Ozzy Albies too, and hopefully Dansby turns it around. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he also said that the starting rotation only has three locks. It's uh, Tehran. Fulty and Brandon McCarthy. Everyone else is kind of up for up for grabs. Yeah. So you got Max Fried, um, Luis Gohara, who has some fucking gas on him, man. People like him a lot. Yeah. And um, Colby Allard also might get a look, finally. And Soroka might get a look as well. So um, I'm really excited to watch the pitchers. I think I'm hoping that this is the last year of mediocrity and the next year – by next year, I mean 2019, we start to really push for a uh, playoff berth. We do need to sign a couple bullpen arms before this season starts. I would agree. And bullpen was severely lacking. No. Uh, at, least no at least no Jimbo Johnson. Good God. We Where know, did he go? We know he's go- I don't think anyone signed him. Okay. I pity the poor team that I takes just, a chance on him. That was just a straight cut job there. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's all we got there. Not a lot has happened in that offseason mm-hmm. yet. Uh Hawks, the only thing I wanted to touch on there was apparently, from some article I read, trading Kent Bazemore is apparently feasible again because he's improved a little bit this year. He's putting up some better numbers. Yeah. And uh, so the one possibility I saw, I, I think this is just some loser, like us speculating, <laughs> but there's at least out there that he could be worth a first rounder again. So the one that I saw was with uh, Denver, who's trying to get rid of Kenneth Fareed's contract. Oh, really? The Manimal, trying yeah. to get rid of his contract. Take so, Fareed. So we take him and a first-rounder for Baysmore. 
they wouldn't do that. Bazemore's not that good to warrant getting rid of Kenneth Reed. I don't think he's been much of anything in the past couple of years. I guess not this year. Maybe, I don't know. I have hardly kept up in the NBA this year, so I can't really speak yeah. to it. But he used to be a monster. Yeah, he used to be. Yeah, I would do that. That's fine. Hell yeah. Give me I mean, a first-round pick. If you can get a first-rounder, hell yeah, take on money. Denver's not exactly the most competitive team. They might be in the playoff race this year, but I don't. I honestly don't know. So we'd probably get a half-decent pick for them, so why, yeah. why fucking not? Maybe Paul Millsap will want to. I was about to say, will Paul Millsap back. come back? Well, no. Oh. Yeah, just to team, oh, up. To team up in yeah. Denver. Yeah. They should trade us Kent Bazemore for Paul Millsap straight up. We already have Kent Bazemore. I mean, trade us Paul Millsap for Kent Bazemore straight <laughs> up. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen, Graham. I don't think so. I just miss Paul. Um, but yeah, that's about that. I, I, I do think you and I need to go to Hawks games. Yeah, discuss. we will. We, we need to discuss Phillips Arena and the changes they've made. Uh, for all the losers that don't like to actually watch basketball, yeah. like that bar and that top golf experience and uh, the barbershop. Well, we need to see it before we, because we've discussed it a couple times. Now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We need to go experience yeah. it. I don't think we can experience the top golf thing because we don't have thousands of dollars to blow on club seats. Yeah. We were going to bring uh, user Arthur Roach on to kind of discuss his experience at the Great Anus for the national championship game, but it didn't happen. But I, I was listening to uh, my second favorite podcast today, hmm. Joe Rogan Experience, and uh, he had a guest on, uh, Tom Segura, hmm. you know him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, comedian, and he was talking about how him and some other, one of their comedian friends, Ari Shafir, I think, mm-hmm. went to the national championship game, and he was just talking about how like much of a nightmare getting into that stadium was because of Trump, but apparently Tom Segura paid like a security guard $100 to like basically drag them through the car through the crowd to get to the front. Damn. And as you can imagine, they were just getting MF'd oh, I'm sure. the entire way. Jesus. But he was just like, yeah, bottom line, I just wasn't gonna wait in that line. <laughs> so, well, that's crazy because it seems like the security there and the people who are scanning the tickets are pretty incompetent. You have that. And then you had um Six A the fans shared an amusing story uh, about Hoyt, their sound engineer who is amazing at his job. I've watched him work. Um, he's pretty entertaining. But he, you know, huge Georgia fan, wanted to go to the game. Someone called him and said, I have a ticket for you. You thought it was bullshit. And he said, no, like, they didn't scan my ticket. I can send it to you Holy and you can get shit. in. And so he sent it and sent him a picture of the ticket. He got there at, like, 8 o'clock when the traffic had all died down yeah. already and there were no lines anymore. And scanned the ticket and got in. Oh so it's like, God. whoever's... Probably like a $3,000 ticket. Right. And who, So whoever's organizing shit there uh, needs, 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 to get their, um, needs to get their proverbial together because that's sloppy, man. You're getting bribed with a $100 bill and you're not scanning a ticket for the national championship game? Yeah. Lunacy. Yeah. And I mean, with this, I mean, the Super Bowl next year, that's no joke, man. That's, I was talking to some uh, APD officer last week just about all the hours they're having to work for the national championship game. He's like, oh, man, this can be nothing compared to the Super Bowl. I oh, guess yeah. the Super Bowl is just a completely different level. Because people even, are there for like even than that. a week and a half, yeah. if not longer. So get hopefully the, they get their shit figured out by then. Yeah, or else we'll embarrass ourselves in another way. Yeah. I, I, I was a little bit proud hearing these guys who, like, Tom Segura, no, like, not from Atlanta, doesn't know shit about Atlanta, mm-hmm. but he was just, like, raving about how amazing that stadium is. Sweet. So that's kind of cool to hear. Yeah. Like, not a sports guy either. Right. But, but anyways. So we got that going. Yeah. For us, kind of. All right. 
So did you hear about uh, Central Florida and how they threw themselves a national championship parade? Yeah. That's something we should think about. Like, if no. we don't have one in the next 20 years, no, let's just throw a fake one. No. I think it's bullshit. You're right. You haven't earned it. And I get they feel slighted because they're, uh, you, you know, they went undefeated. But if you put that team in the SEC or ACC or any major conference, they ain't, they ain't going undefeated. They're not even – they're going to the – the Domino's.com Tokyo Burrito Bowl. <laughs> well, how about, can we at least do what the Browns did and they threw themselves an 0-16 parade? What if the Hawks end up with the worst record in the league? Can we throw ourselves a worst record in the league parade? We can throw ourselves a, we got in the NBA lottery parade. I'd be totally fine with that. Okay. I think that'd be fantastic. Let's just do it like down on the street down there. That sounds good. Yeah. It would just be you and me. Yeah. And uh, any users that want to any come users that want to come, we'll we'll make that happen. Okay. If we finish with the worst record in the league, they get the most lottery balls. We'll have a parade. We could do like a worst record in the league, like bar crawl slash parade. Mostly bar crawl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that sounds fun. Okay. Yeah, we need something to look forward to. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So hope for the the Hawks to. Uh, Finish last in the NBA. If we do that, we will invite users all. God, it's, it's, every week it's different. It could be 50, there could be 90, there could be 32. You never just ever know. All you lovely folks out to a bar crawl with yours truly. You think our uh, listeners from users from Japan will want to come? Oh, totally. If they're not bots. If they're not bots. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Japan really loves their Atlanta sports. Apparently, man. Who knew? Hospitality. Hospitality.